I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I work with teams at different levels of business criticality to, to set up a release management process that's right for them. Hi there, this is Irma, host of Elevated Life. Today on the show, we have Morgan Meredith. Let's go ahead and dive right into the conversation. I actually connected with Morgan over the Women in Product Slack group, and she was super duper open to coming on the podcast and talking a little bit more about her role as a release manager. Morgan, super excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, my first podcast interview, so I'm, I'm really excited. Awesome. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Can you tell us a little bit more about your career background? So let's see. My background, I never really expected to get into tech. I started out in grad school and I was actually studying hearing science and speech acoustics and I needed to learn a little bit of code along the way, mostly for statistics and running experiments. So I learned some R and MATLAB and I found them incredibly boring. So, you know, at that point I was not itching to to leave grad school and and go study those things. But I was up in Madison, Wisconsin at the time, and there's a, a company up there in a, uh, called Epic, and a lot of uh, my, my friends and acquaintances were, were making the move and, and wanted to work there. So when I was done with grad school, I decided to go check it out, and um, I was at Epic for two years, and I really got to learn a lot about tech because I, I worked in a couple different roles there. So I did QA testing, I did some usability testing, and ultimately the area I enjoyed the most was localization management and French translation of their software. So that was really cool because I got to do the the technical side of deploying code to the, the French translation environments and then actually help the team with with testing and translating the application into French, which was really fun. So after Epic, I made the move down to Chicago and I worked briefly at a company called, uh, it's now called Yellow, and they are an HR tech company and I did some project management for them. And then I made the move to the company I'm currently at, which is called Jelly Vision. And Jelly Vision is another HR tech company It makes um, benefits explainer software for businesses. And I started out in a customer facing project management role and then I got into release management. So that's where I've been for the past two and a half years, something like that. And, you know, I built out their release management program and I now manage a team of two. So I've been doing it for a couple years now and I really enjoy it. Super cool. That's a really great start. And if you could explain what a release manager does to somebody who's never heard of the role before, how would you describe it? And I would love to hear a little bit more about what goes on in your day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. So Release management is an interesting role because it can mean different things at different organizations. There's a spectrum from being a release manager who serves as kind of a gatekeeper and uh, runs a change advisory board and really creates a lot of uh, process for engineers and teams to follow. And then there's release management on the other end of the spectrum, which is working with teams on CICD and doing more release engineering, things like that. I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I work with teams at different levels of business criticality to, to set up a release management process that's right for them. And the way I would summarize it in one sentence is that 
I help teams remove friction from the deployment process so that they can deliver version updates regularly while reducing risk as much as possible. On a day-to-day -day basis, that might mean setting up a new process for a team and helping them create checklists for a new application that they need to deploy, pulling in a DevOps team or QA tester to make sure that there's sufficient regression testing happening and that the deployment pipelines are, are set up in a way that the team is expecting and, and will work with their, their flow. It also can mean managing deploys for really, really business critical applications and helping teams make hard decisions in the moment about how to continue with you know, with a, a, a tricky situation. So that is, and there's a whole range, but those are a couple examples of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And that seems like it's kind of just like every day is a little bit different depending on what what's down the pipeline or what's the highest priority, I assume, for the team. I'm sure every day you're kind of like just kept on your toes a little bit to figure out like, how do, how do you help the team deliver that, that feature, that product on time and also with high quality? And I was doing a little bit of research as to what a release manager does. And it just seems like it's a very crucial and important role. I know that not every company has a release manager, but I think it it seems like it depends company to company if that role is something that is needed. Would you say a release manager is mostly needed for bigger companies or smaller companies? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. I would say it's more needed for bigger companies or companies with a suite of a lot of applications that are dependent on each other. So there's a lot of tools that, that help automate release management these days and a lot of you know software that can help with that. But I would say for even for small companies, if they have a lot of applications that depend on each other, that just multiplies the number of decisions that need to be made about release management. And, and that's where having a dedicated release manager can be helpful. Just to touch a little bit about uh, your path into release management, what was that like coming from not a super traditional background? And what would you recommend for other people that are maybe thinking about getting into your release manager role? So I got into release management kind of by accident. It started with getting rejected from a job. Oh, no. I, uh... <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so like I mentioned, at Jelly Vision, I was in customer-facing project management, and I actually became really interested in product in that role because I thought it was really cool to see how feedback from customers was taken in by product folks and then translated into features and, and updates and things like that. So I applied for an internal posting for an associate product manager job. And ultimately, I, I did not get it. And through talking more with the folks who were hiring for that role, they said, hey, you know, it sounds like you are interested in working in this space and we actually need someone over here doing release management. So just kind of by happenstance, I ended up in this release manager role and the reason that it was needed was because uh, a lot of our engineering teams had had some issues deploying their code and had some pretty painful experiences where deploys took multiple days, really wore down teams' morale, and then ultimately, you know, resulted in rollbacks or issues more than they would have liked. So I started out just by trying to give myself a crash course in release management. I read all of the online resources I could find. I went to a training in it. And I think the most important thing I did was I talked with the teams who were actually, you know, deploying their code. And I, 
I really tried to understand what was painful for them, you know, what was hard about it, what would be the most important thing I could do to help make their jobs easier. And then on the flip side, what is what was working well for them? What what were areas where they wanted to keep that autonomy and continue to do things? And what could I learn from them about what was working and, and what wasn't? So throughout that process, there were a lot of quote unquote soft skills that came in handy, you know, being able to listen and take feedback and be able to set up a process that clearly defined where my role started and ended because I was kind of carving out a new space in our tech department. But there were certainly some technical skills that I needed to learn in order to do the job well. So if I were to recommend someone, you know, a study guide for what to learn for release management, the first thing on the list would be something like a version control system like Git. It's really important to understand how, how Git works and actually how to use it. And I would also recommend um, learning some infrastructure. So I was, I guess, I think lucky because my current company uses AWS and there's just tons of resources out there for learning AWS. So, so I did, you know, a cloud gurus solutions architect training and, and through doing that, I ended up doing some of my own projects and getting more hands-on and actually needing to deploy code myself for my own project. So going through that process myself was also really crucial in building empathy and understanding, you know, the kind of the, the process and the psychology behind it. It shows that you're very passionate about the release management overall in a company. And as far as like coming from coming from a background that really didn't deal with that and now being in that role, it just shows that you took a lot of time to kind of do that self-learning, looking up resources and just on your own, in your own time, trying to improve your skills to really excel in that role. Staying on the release manager track, I'm sure there's there's things that excite you about the job and there's some things that um, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. don't. But what's like that one thing that excites you the most about the release manager role? Let's see. Okay, it's hard to choose just one, but... We can do more than okay. one. Okay. <laughs> well, I would say... Are you familiar with uh, CICD? Yes. Yeah, so yes. CICD, I think, is the the future of release management. And I guess to kind of give a quick definition, continuous integration is the process of kind of constantly building and deploying code to an internal staging or testing environment. And continuous delivery or deployment is the process of taking it one step further and continuously deploying code to a a live production environment for end users. So doing things, structuring things that way is actually, it sounds kind of risky, but it it ends up de-risking deploys a lot because you're deploying code in smaller chunks, you're, you're automating testing more, and you're decreasing the number of dependencies because you are putting things out in production so frequently. So when I got started in release management at my company, CICD was on the horizon, but we needed to do a lot of work in order to be ready for it. So my first priority was laying down the, the groundwork for it, really, by defining what our deploy processes were. And now that we, we've gotten there, and now that deploys are, you know, at worst, boring, you know, we know what we're doing, and that, that's a good thing we're really able to move more towards CI/CD. So, so that is the the most exciting thing to me about release management is the potential for helping teams move towards CI/CD and it might sound counterintuitive because CI/CD will probably end up replacing a lot of release management. 
but release management is always going to be necessary for business critical applications. And some of the functions of release management are going to be, you know, I, at least I know in my career, transferable to, to other roles as well. So I would say CICD is the most exciting part of release management. Awesome. Yeah. And that's actually a pretty technical thing. So to kind of stay on that same vein. What would you suggest to folks who are out there trying to get into the tech space, but they're not super confident in their skills? What are some things they can do to get that confidence in? And what kind of technical skills should they be preparing and brushing up on before applying to jobs? That is a great question. I think that tech is it can be kind of intimidating. Um, have you found that yourself? Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be kind of intimidating. It can be overwhelming and it can feel, if you have any inclination towards, you know, imposter syndrome, which I certainly do, it definitely, you know, triggers that because you're around people who, who not only know a lot more than you, but some people who, who want to make it clear that they know a lot more than you. I mean, I've certainly had those experiences myself and the number one most helpful thing for me was finding a community of people where I could learn and ask questions and not feel like I was being judged for them. So uh, I was lucky enough to have that group at my current company at Jelly Vision. Um, we have a really awesome women in tech group who helped me understand a lot of these technical concepts and provided a lot of moral support and also you know, feedback about the, the work I was doing. I don't think that you need to necessarily have an organized group like that, though. I think there's a lot of great groups online. There's some Slack communities that are, are worth looking into. There's a women in tech chat. I think their their URL is witchat.github.io. Find a community where you feel like you can ask questions and really, you know, for lack of a better term, have that safe space to um, explore new technical ideas. Definitely. And I think I totally agree with that. I think coming from a background where I wasn't, I didn't go to school for anything technical, but I always had the inclination of like, I want to be in that. I don't know what that is yet, but something to do with technology. Finding those communities on the side. Um, I know Girl Develop It is a really great opportunity that people can kind of look online and attend meetups and they have courses and classes and networking events. So it's super amazing. Yeah, there's a ton of resources, strategies, tips that people can find online to help them in their career and to be successful. What are some tips and strategies that you can give people that are listening that have helped you in the past? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I have a few different pieces of advice here. Uh, I'll get into some of the more formalized uh, areas where I've studied, but um, the number one piece of advice from my mentor is to um, also look for not just formal learning opportunities, but shadowing opportunities. So as I mentioned before, I've, I've learned a lot from people I work with and shadowing people as they do their day-to-day -day work, uh, asking questions and, and talking about why they do things a certain way, uh, issues they run into, how they, how they solve those. That is a huge thing because... You can do you can do tutorials all day long, but seeing how people actually work is is so crucial for not only understanding the tech, but also building empathy for for them and for whatever work they're doing and understanding how they fit into the bigger picture. Some other areas where I've learned a lot is I am doing a, a boot camp right now through a Flatiron School, so I'm doing a full stack web developer boot camp, and you know there's so many great boot camps out there, and a lot of them have free boot camp prep courses. So Flatiron has that, I believe, full stack 
Academy has that. So you can go online and do a prep course to get a sense of number one, if you'd like to do a full on boot camp, and number two, if you know if you enjoy it and if you benefit from it at all, because you know you certainly don't have to go to a formalized boot camp in order to to do that. As part of that, I would recommend really just knowing yourself and understanding what you need in order to learn. So for me personally, I benefit from having a structure, having a plan and kind of compartmentalizing my time into here's the time of day when I do boot camp, here's when I switch gears and go to work, and really just trying to be strategic with my time while also making sure that I'm fitting in time for family, time for friends, time for sleep, which is really important when you're when you're learning new things, you have to get enough sleep. Um, so uh, so that's that's another thing. And then along the lines of shadowing, in terms of learning more about how to actually apply these concepts, I have to shout out to some of the the blogs I read. So and I guess Twitter accounts I follow. Yeah, and I can definitely link these in on the podcast episode and everything like that. So that would be great. So um, Stephanie Hurlburt is a huge inspiration, I isn't she great? Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she's awesome. Uh, Lara Hogan, <laughs> do you know Lara Hogan? I do, but I look her up after this. Oh, for sure. she's great. She has a wonderful blog, and um, she has a couple of blog posts on how to hold an effective meet- meeting and how to um, how to organize a working group and. The level of detail she gets into is just so helpful. And then uh, I have a, a list on my blog, so I won't, I'll, I'll stop myself here, but I guess one other resource I would mention is Lexis Hansen wrote a great Medium post on codelikeagirl.io on her experience becoming a self-taught software engineer. And she also has a lot of really actionable, you know, pragmatic advice on how to actually work it into your day-to-day life, especially if you already have a job. And then once you've learned the skills, how to go out and get a job as an as a software engineer. So I recommend that as well. Yeah, that, that last one sounds really interesting. I think reading those has helped me in the past as well. A lot of times people give real life experiences and then you're kind of like, this happened to me yesterday. I can kind of take these like initiatives to, <laughs> or these steps to resolve that or make the process better. And yes. those are, I think, the most helpful when people actually, when writers give like this firsthand look as to like what they did and what worked for them, also what didn't work for them. And that way you can reflect yes. and, and figure out what's going to work best for you. But yeah, super awesome resources there. And I know you mentioned a little bit about the Flatiron Bootcamp that you're going to be taking. What's schedule like for that? It's a pretty cool program because you can do it uh, at your own pace. It's yeah. So it's through uh, an organization called Flatiron School, and it is. I'm doing it part time, so I do it. I do it about twelve to fifteen hours per week. So it'll take about ten months to do it part time. But some people do choose to do it full time, and you just kind of uh, you pay month to month. So it's it's a great setup. They also offer scholarships as well, so people can apply for scholarships that are sponsored by different organizations. So if anyone's interested, I recommend checking it out. I think it's a really great move. And I know you mentioned earlier that you have kind of bigger goals um, in the future to hit. And that's one of the reasons why you're taking part in this bootcamp. Do you want to touch a little bit about that? Just let the listeners know what's kind of in the future for Morgan? Absolutely. So in the future, I'd like to move into an engineering management role. I currently manage a team of two And I really enjoy management and figuring out how to help people 
achieve their goals while also helping an organization um, achieve its goals. And so I have some experience with the management side, but I part of this Flatiron School program and some of the side projects I'm doing is about getting that experience with software engineering myself, because I think it's it's really important if you're going to be you know, a software engineering manager to understand how it all works, have experience with that yourself, um, and be able to understand how to make technical decisions uh, for your team and for an organization. Camille Fournier also, um, she's, she's another inspiration of mine. She wrote a book called The Manager's Path that I, I would recommend to anyone who's interested in learning more about going into engineering management, whether that's a tech lead role or a manager, CTO. Um, she really lays it all out there. It's great. Awesome. Yeah, I'll also check that out. Um, hopefully everybody does too that's listening. And lastly, to wrap this up, we're going to ask you a question about where can people find you online? Yeah, so I have a blog. Uh, my blog is... Uh, morganmade.com so that's m-o-r-g-a-n dash m-a-d-e dot com and links, my, below. Uh, links below yeah yeah my twitter is linked up in that so folks can find it there yeah definitely everybody please check out morgan i'm also interested in reading your blog so i'll be checking that out and thank you very much for taking the time today to come on and speak a little bit about your role and where you're going to be going in the future, what you're doing now. And I think it was really enlightening to just hear about what a release manager is and what they do, especially for people that haven't heard of that role before. Hopefully we start seeing more of that in more companies. I think it's a very crucial role where you're interfacing with so many different teams and being super technical at the same time. So it was really great having you on and I really appreciate your time today. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, Irma. <laughs> 